On this episode, we talk about the Herrera Esteli Miami by Drew Estate. We introduce a new cigar ranking system, which will change the entire world. We're looking forward to introducing it to you. Burn Line Podcast. The burn line on a well-crafted cigar is straight and sharp as a razor, much like our wit and wisdom. And welcome, everybody, to Burn Line Podcast. I'm your host, John Thacker, Jr., and I am your host, Nicholas McCann. Nicholas, good morning. Good morning, John. And as usual, I am drinking coffee with the cigar I'm about to smoke. So what do we have this morning? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an avid listener to the podcast. I know your next question is going to be, what What are we drinking, right? What are we drinking? <laughs> um, Lincoln's Blockade by uh, by River Bottom Roasters. Shout out to River Bottom Roasters. Uh, Lincoln Blockade is a great, uh, mellow, smooth, black coffee. I like it in the morning. It's not quite a slap you awake coffee, but it's a nice second cup for me. So the Herrera Esteli Miami, a little bit about this cigar. We are smoking the Robusto Extra, which is a 5x52. It retails for $13.25 here at Union Cigar Hanover. While a box of 10 will set you back $119.25, which is like getting a free cigar. And we are bringing you Burnline Podcast from the Hot Box the smoky back room where deals are cut, where mafias are run, and where regimes are toppled in the Blanco Lounge of Union Cigar Hanover, Pennsylvania, USA, North American continent, Western Hemisphere, solar system. Year of our Lord, 2023. (laughs) Year of your Lord. (laughs) So why don't we go ahead and give this cigar a clip, and I'm just looking at it and... I'm I'm really uh, fascinated by this wrapper. It's yeah. sort of rich and oily and nut brown, kind of like if you take a walnut and polish it against the side of your nose. But also uh, not like color-wise, not super consistent. Like it is not. It, it gets not. lighter and darker in some areas. Yep. Um, light splotch. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, inter- it already grabbed my eye, and I have taken off one band. So there's two bands on this the Herrera Esteli by Drew Estate Band, and then the Miami Band. I took off the Miami Band. I didn't have any trouble removing it, which is important to me. And uh, we'll see how it goes if I have to take the other band off. Are you a, are you a take your band off right away, or you uh, you like to wait until the your cherry gets down to the end? I, I like to wait unless uh, it depends a little bit on like the size and construction of the cigar. If it's starting to expand, I won't wait because then when I try to take it off, it pops. Right, right. right. So we're going to go ahead and clip our cigars. The official cutting of the Herrera Esteli Madrid Estate, Miami. I'm going to Miami. And we remind you to clip your cigar with authority. No limp-wristed clipping allowed. So we're doing the uh, tap the cigar on the back of your hand thing. Um, learned that last week from Nick. And, have you, have uh, you done it yet? Surprising result. Yeah, I've been doing it ever since. And you can see the little dot will come out. <laughs> yep. And uh, you get no, to- almost no tobacco in your mouth. Almost no tobacco. I hate that when I like take the first couple of puffs and then I'm scraping my thumbnail across the yeah. tip of my tongue because I got little, little dottle in there. Yep. All right, we are all clipped up and our official <clears throat> lighting. I am using an electronic three flame jet 
lighter from uh, Perdomo Cigars. Quite hefty. Have you felt that? Feel that? Feel that lighter? Oh wow! Yeah, substantial, right? Wow. It's got a little pop out. Yeah, yeah. Punch at the bottom. Yep. Punch at the bottom. It's a little hard to adjust the flame. What you the hell like, is that? That's to charge it. It's electronic. Wow. Yeah, you can recharge it. So <clears throat> we are so futuristic. Definitely. So I've got the Jetson slider. And yeah, yeah. is that a single flame torch? Single flame Blanco logo. Um, oh, very nice. Yeah. I'm going to grab one of those. Yeah. Love single flame torches, except for when they get too hot. And as always, we remind you to toast your cigar, not roast your cigar. Toasted, not roasted. Toasted, not roasted. Toasted, not roasted. It's toasted. I get it. The spark on those always reminds me of like a, a taser. Don't tase me, bro. <laughs> and Nick will be seeing a therapist all next week for the terror that the sound of this electric lighter brings him. Reminds you of your uncle's basement, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we'll probably do a uh, segment one time on like lighting your cigar. We talked about like methods of lighting, but not actually lighting it. You know, like talked about matches and cedar strips and all of that. Yeah, I was uh, thinking about too, like you. You're supposed to hold the flame a certain distance away from the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, a, that's important info. I've seen people shove their their lighter into the foot of their cigar or vice versa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was um, smoking with a friend last week, and he jammed that Gordo into his mouth, I mean, an inch deep in his mouth, clamped his teeth down, and shoved that three-flame jet torch quarter inch away and just blasted it and yeah the whole foot just puffed uh, puffed the whole time the you got the uh the large flame coming up off the foot of the cigar looked like a shock of wheat on fire yeah you know yeah. like someone took carrot top and dipped his head in vaseline and then just lit him on fire so yeah um is vaseline flammable oh don't ask me how i know uh but yes okay yes it it, it is not an accelerant mm. It's uh, like you would use it if you wanted a torch to burn for a long time. Dude, this is really good. This is re- first first two puffs, which, in my opinion, John, are the best two puffs of the cigar. If you toast it right. Yes, absolutely. If you yeah. don't, they're the two worst. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Agree. This uh, this whole nub business, nubs are, nubs are a great cigar, but this whole notion that the last third is the best part of the cigar, mm-hmm. I cannot stand by. I, I truly believe that the beginning of the cigar is the best. It's the most... Um, Virgin, pristine. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And then also your palate is typically cleaner. Yep. You know. Yeah. Um, so I will tell you, this hits with a lot of strength right off the bat for me. Um, fair disclosure for all of you out there in podcast land. I always smoke the cigar ahead of time to make sure I'm giving you a fair shake, uh, which is extra good today because I have a little bit of a head cold, which is why I sound the way that I do. And I probably will not be getting the flavors and enjoyment that I got last time. So send your uh, positive vibes this way, and maybe I can clean up these sinuses over the weekend. But uh, very strong. What do you think? Yeah, and I think to your point, uh, we both smoked the Lonsdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lonsdale Deluxe, I should say, um, in, in anticipation of this episode. Um, and now we're smoking, obviously, the, the Robusto Grande. So a Robusto Extra, whatever they call it. Yeah, um, both enjoyable sizes. I will tell you, though, the for a cigar this powerful, I kind of like the smaller size. Um, haven't smoked it all the way yet, but that was one thing, you know, I got down to the last third of the other one. I was like, you know, 
I probably should have picked like this should have been a sit down and lounge cigar. Um, I was trying to work on my kitchen, not in my kitchen because I'm married and I want to stay that way. Uh, working outside, cutting stuff for my kitchen, which I'm currently remodeling. You do you do a lot of uh, woodworking. I do more like um, I don't know handyman and dick around stuff, but uh, I did work on this ashtray for the podcast. So I've got a buddy with a uh, whatever it's called lathe. So this is a solid piece of burl. I'm not sure the I'm not sure that the wood that it came from. Um, you know, the burl is the it's like a scab in the tree, you know, it's the, the texture of the wood. So I can't tell by looking at it, like what tree it came off of. So he turned it and since you guys can't see out there, there's big chunks in it where it's just the raw natural finish. Um, and then he did this process where we impregnate it, uh, with resin that kind of fills in all the little holes and then turn it. You inject it with resin? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And then you, you kind of cure it and it sort of sort of turns like at the same as the wood like it's a little bit of a different hardness but it's close enough that you don't kind of screw up the wood most of the time um and then i just use my uh, woodworking tools to carve in like the burn line podcast and union and my little art logo that's all freehand i just scratched that in there and then dropped some india ink in yeah, yeah, it came out pretty nice. For those listening, it, it looks awesome. It's got like some uh, like leopard spot texture to it a little bit. It's it's freaking cool. And it weighs 17 pounds. Solid wood. Yeah. So the, it's a little shallow in the dish part because we started running into, you can see right here, um, these pretty big defects in the burl, and we were afraid it was going to blow up, uh, the tool would catch, so... We kind of left it there, and then it just has um, butcher block finish, which is like a beeswax. Well, it's like beeswax, you know, so it's edible and, you know, it's not, not poisonous or anything, but just gives it a kind of a smooth texture without it being like, you know, glossy, like if you drop a varnish on it or something like that. It should be, I mean, it should be pretty freaking durable with how heavy it is too, right? I hope so. I mean, I'm not planning on driving over it with a truck or anything. So a little bit more about this uh, cigar, and then we'll tell you what we're tasting. The wrapper is Ecuadorian Habano Escuro. Uh, the binder is Ecuadorian Sumatra. And then the filler is Dominican and Nicaraguan leaf that is wrapped in the Intubar style. Um, so a little bit about that. It sort of, uh, you, you bunch the leaves together, and it creates a much better draw. It's harder to do, which is probably why... All of these cigars are only rolled by level nine rollers from Cuba, but not in Cuba. In in Miami. And just to touch on the the N2Bar rolling style, um, there are a couple different ways we, we like I can roll cigars. <laughs> um, the bunchers bunch the cigars, right? So there's uh, accordion style, book style, and then um, N2Bar is like the most time consuming. Mm-hmm. And they basically roll each individual leaf into a little tube. Yeah, right. Yeah, N2Bar means... Tube. Right, yeah. Um, and it, it, it is generally best for draw and burn. But like I said, it's time-consuming. It's not the easiest thing to do. Well, I will comment on that beautiful burn line on this, right? You can see the three colors of the burn line, and uh, it's burning 
you know, straight and well, but it's also a smoke bomb. Like I'm getting plenty of smoke out of this. So I can tell, uh, starting out that, uh, the construction is excellent. Now, whether that is attributed to the N2 bar, uh, bunching or not, um, I don't know because I just don't know, but it is burning really well and I'm getting a good mouthful of smoke out of it. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard people describe the, the ash as stacking nickels. Mm-hmm. That's a, uh, it was interesting to me, but yeah, uh, Miami, El Titan to bronze. Um, so this cigar is hand rolled in Miami. Uh, at the El Titan Bronze Factory. Um, and the, the master blender for this cigar is Willie Herrera, hence Herrera Esteli. Um, and Willie Herrera's mother-in-law is actually the owner of El Titan Bronze. Awesome. So nice connection there. And the uh, original Herrera Esteli was like a, I think it was a, a trade show special by Drew Estate. And then... Uh, turned into its own production line and now it's like a sub-brand so there's several Herrera Esteli cigars right um I I like all of them the uh what is the Noriega what's the Norteño Norteño yeah and the blue label the the classic Nicaragua um and this is the latest addition to the line right yeah there's one I think the Norteño's San Andreas wrapper the teal colored band the light blue is the brazilian mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then the the red and white is i think a habano and then this one's the ecuadorian oscuro right yep so uh so far uh strong uh kind of a big bold body to it um a little surprising to me in the sense that if i branded a cigar as a Miami cigar, I would almost be expecting it to be more in the Cuban style. I mean, it is from Little Havana. Um, you know, natural wrapper, lighter floral, but punchy. This is punchy, but it's also like dark, and the smoke to me is oily on the palate. Um, it's it's like it's not nine in the morning. It's heavy. Yeah, this is a this is a heavy smoke. This is an after your steak dinner. Um, Probably not a breakfast cigar. I think um, I'm. I am tasting chocolate, which is pretty cool. Um, and then I think there's like some kind of creamy nut in there. I'm not sure. Maybe almonds or cashews type of thing. Um, and that's kind of the limit to my palate today. You know, my notes from the the last cigar. Um, I I was tasting some kind of sweet cedar. You know, like if you took a cedar strip and you just kind of like rub some sugar water on it almost tasted like that uh i think my palate's a little blunted today so the bolder notes are kind of taking over for me just a, a fantastic taste overall of like this dark sweetness mm-hmm. and well well aged tobaccos mm-hmm. there's no rush to this this you know this fermented cured as long as it needed to and it tastes like it, it tastes fantastic yeah i agree and i like the the feel of the smoke in my mouth, it's kind of chewy and oily, um, and, uh, rich is the, like, if I had to pick a word, it's a rich cigar. Yeah, you hit it, you hit it on the head. Really, like, uh, this is like the, um, I don't know, uh, if I compared it to a dessert, this is like a German forest cake, like a dark, rich, heavy, 
cigar with surprising notes of sweetness. Yeah. Which I think comes from the fermentation and aging process. Yeah. And uh, on the band here, they have, I think is so funny. It says handmade at El Titan de Bronze, and then it reads the address of <laughs> the factory, which yeah, is that's awesome. Cool. So if you that don't like cool. it, go go, go <laughs> down the letter. Yeah. <laughs> Postmark two. El Titan de Bronze, 1071 Southwest 8th Street, Miami, Florida. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they just got tired of names. Like in New Orleans, it's the same way. Like you have these names of saints, like all the, all this, you know, St. Charles, you know. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, this is First Street. We just, we ran out of names. So the, the like the north-south are numbers and the east-west are letters or something, you know. Yeah, I think Ocean City, Maryland is like, goes up to... I don't know, 180 or something yeah, like, like that. 180 yeah, like 180 Street. Yeah. <laughs> like, we are not going to put any more effort into this than we need to. <laughs> yeah, let's just start counting from one. They just read the engineer sheet, you know, the civil engineer. They're like, and this is street number one. Yeah. We'll call it First Street. First Street. <laughs> and you win the Imagination of the Year Award. At least they didn't, call it, at least they didn't call it One Street, <laughs> Two Street, Three Street. Well, it's funny because... Um, you know, in Europe, they have different ways of saying things than we do. And that's one thing that they do. Like, we'll say first street, they'll say one street. Um, um, same thing, like, we'll say, uh, like, King Charles the first, And they'll typically say King Charles one. Yeah, I have heard that before. Yeah. It's so, yeah, it's, it's that, yeah, in, uh, in Australia, they call the elevator the lift. Mm-hmm. These kind of different, like around the world, these kind of different flavors that you get is super interesting. That's one thing I like about smoking cigars is it's a little tour of one or several microbiomes. One if it's a puro or several from the same country. You know, that's something that's interesting about um, growing cigar leaf. And, you know, you go to Nicaragua. It's a, you know, it's a small country. Um as as square mileage goes, but there's some very unique regions for growing tobacco there. And uh, you can have like a Nicaraguan puro where you're almost exploring the exploring the country, you know. Yeah, and technology now, like with interactive maps on the on the internet, yeah, you can go all right, you take a virtual tour, right? We land in Managua, we go to Esteli, we we travel to Jalapa, right? Condega we go to like there are volcanoes there, yeah, mountains, yeah. like flat fields for miles and miles. It's unreal. So here's something I came up with for all of you cigar marketers out there that listen rabidly to our podcast because it's the best one on the interwebs. Um, I thought about uh, that DBL and the QR code, which is pretty cool. And then I thought about the Perdomo wrappers, many of which are about two inches wide. And then I thought, what if you put a wrapper on your cigar? Not a wrapper, I'm sorry, the the band. What if you put the band on there, about two inches wide, and it's divided into thirds, just like the cigar, and each third has a different QR code. And when you scan it, it brings you to a map. And here's where the tobacco came from, here's what you're tasting, that sort of thing. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. It needs to be with, I was having a conversation with a buddy actually the other day, about how technology is going to affect the industry. Mm-hmm. Obviously, growing technique, it's going to improve, right? Hopefully, optimize the best growing techniques for certain tobaccos and, and whatnot. But it's really going to free up the flow of information for the consumer. Right. And so, Oliva, Oliva rolled this out a year or two ago, where you scan the QR code, 
and you saw a picture and a background of the woman that bunched and rolled your right, cigar. Right. How cool is that? Yeah. You're like looking at the face of the woman that like handmade the cigar for you. Um, and so like stuff like that. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be nuts what they can do. Wait a minute. The woman in my picture looks suspiciously like Bubba. I think I got the wrong cigar. So then, you know, we're going to be going through the boxes on the shelf with our, you know, phone, like checking the QR code and getting the hot chick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Th- this cigar got rolled by the hot chick. I'm, I'm going to buy this one. The old uh, thighs of a virgin. <laughs> that, that old saying. All you have left on the shelf is cigars rolled by Jose. You're going to have to discount those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like the idea of, uh, you know, expanding the experience of smoking, you know, with technology. Um, and I, I know there's a lot of younger guys getting into cigars. And, you know, it's one of those hobbies that almost anyone can pick up. It's it's not a inexpensive hobby but when you compare it to restoring a muscle car or something like that it's on the less expensive side and of course there's a price range for everybody in the cigar world and you know some of the uh, younger folks like this is what we expect it's kind of what we grew up with and sort of expanding that experience to in the old days I mean we had like old dog-eared books we would thumb through you know about different regions that tobacco was grown in and stuff like that. And, you know, then the internet came along. Now we're on our smartphone and we're like, oh, you know, what is this size? You know, what is this uh, tobacco? I've never heard of this guy or whatever. And it's like, well, just throw it on the cigar, throw it right on the packaging, you know, make it, make it quick and easy uh, for folks to sort of do their research. And, you know, it enriches the conversation too, you know, like who is, you know, Willie Herrera. Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, the, the story about these cigars, about almost every cigar, is close to inseparable from the cigar itself. Mm-hmm. You have to, you almost have to tell the story with the cigar. The and cigar that's what gives is it. the family story, right? Yeah. Right. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's because you know we talk about oh, it's art. It's you know it's inspired by real life events, um, and so yeah, they they put their passion into it. Yeah. And and it becomes more of a a living thing and less of a $14 brown stick. Right. And so when I smoke this, which again, I would describe as a luxurious experience, right? Considering the sort of rustic nature of the presentation, um, I would put this in the, in, in my pile of luxury smokes, right? And it's enjoyable. And, but what the start of the journey, like at some point somebody said, this is a good seed, and this is good soil, and this is good climate, and put that all together to grow a plant, which grew a plant, which grew a plant, and now they're doing hybrids and stuff, right? And and it starts all the way with the seed and the soil, and then, what is it, like 300 pairs of hands touch your leaf before it touches yeah. your mouth, right? Yeah, roughly, right. Um, so this is a human story wrapped up in a very pleasurable hobby, and if we could kind of use technology to bring that to the forefront... I mean, to me, it enhances the experience. Yeah, 100%. And um, with branding in capitalism, we see Elon Musk, for example. Mm -hmm. Elon Musk does not make your Tesla. No. (laughs) No. He certainly runs, you know, has a a large part in running the company, but he is not on the floor making sure that everything goes into your car that you need to go into it. And... 
I think um, part of a couple movements in the cigar industry right now are about, yeah, we know who owns the company, but who's making the cigars. Right. And that, that's important too. And at some point, Willie Herrera bunched these leaves together, not this cigar, mm-hmm. but one just like this, and tweaked it and and then waited for the ammonia to leave and tried it again, you know, and it's a three-month process, six-month process, and said, yep, stamp of approval, right? Yeah, let's make let's make thousands of them. Let's make. How can we make a thousand of these? Yeah. So uh, I'm leaving my ash on the cigar because it's such a compact and beautiful ash. I'm just going to see what happens uh, with that. And having said all that, it is time for our tobacconist tip of the week. Nick, take it away. And now your tobacconist tip of the week with Nicholas McCann. So my tobacconist of the week this week is, uh, plainly said, once you buy the cigar from us, it is yours. And what does that mean? So I get a lot of questions about, uh, from first-time smokers, I should say, and they say, okay, what do I do with it? And um, Put one end in your mouth and light the other end. Do not get those two steps mixed up. Yeah. Um, My my smart-ass self says, usually... Uh, you can take it outside and snap it in half if you want. Um, and they don't like that answer. <clears throat> um, but but that's the truth. <clears throat> and so specifically, um, today I want to talk about uh, when to stop smoking your cigar. So um, we're sitting here smoking these Miamis. And if John feels like he's derived enough pleasure from this cigar and he no longer wants to smoke more of it, even though he's about 30% of the way through, 25% of the way through, that's his prerogative. He can do that. And, and I do do that, don't I? Yeah, you do. I've seen you do it before. He leaves like half cigars and ashtrays and stuff. But that's fine. Like, you got to go. You feel good about the cigar and you don't want to smoke anymore. Like, that's fine. You buy it and it's yours. You do whatever you want with it. Yeah, I think it's a good point. You know, the point of this hobby is the pleasure, the enjoyment. And I'll have um, times when I'm I'm done. I'm just done, right? This is the... This is knowing what satiety is, right? And, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like you're eating dessert, you know, cheesecake. Do you have the second slice of cheesecake? Like knowing, okay, when am I done? Like I derive pleasure from the. If I keep going, it's kind of going to ruin it, you know. And it's the same thing with um, cigars. Like you are smoking the cigar. You might get to the point where you're like, I'm just done. Like if I smoke more, I'm going to get a headache or get dizzy. Or I'm just done, you know. It's okay to just put it down and walk away. Do not mash it out. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Just let it burn out on its own. And this is not me. This is not me endorsing or advertising every single person to smoke only half of their cigar and leave. If you want to, if you want that cigar to burn your fingers mm-hmm. and you want to smoke every inch of that cigar, like when you're smoking a Sobra Mesa, yeah, <laughs> stick a pin in it. Yeah, by all means, um, because it's yours. But like, don't let anyone else dictate when you're done with your cigar. Is mm-hmm. is the the summation of the tip this week. It is yours to enjoy. So jumping back into this uh, cigar, I've got maybe an inch and a quarter of ash on this thing. It's holding together well. Um, I mean, I I can tell the construction is top-notch. You can see those stacked dimes right there. So as far as uh, flavors goes, has anything changed for you? What are you tasting? It is, uh, so yeah, right now I'm still on that, that first third sweet nut. Um rich 
is is a perfect word I think you use to describe it, like a like a dark chocolate mousse, mm-hmm. almost, um, or like a sweet Starbucks frappa whatever, <laughs> um, little chocolate mocha whatever. Oh, there goes the ash. There goes the ash. Look at that man. What a beautiful ash. So I, I love the ash that you can after it falls off you can pick it up. I'm being a total nerd because that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh yeah, you could pick that. Yep. He's he's picking up the ash. That's awesome. I can pick it up in a chunk. Yep. Yeah, great great construction on this one. I'm getting a great burn. Um looks like yours is a little uneven. Touching that up a little bit. It's okay, it's my fault. So I don't know if this is uh related to my head cold or day quill, but uh I am getting a little bit of a citrus hint in it. Um and again, yeah, like chocolate covered espresso beans. Um there's still that uh, kind of sweet wood component. I'm not getting like leather. Um, so really well balanced to me. Like the, the flavors just work so well together. It's a little bit of a contrast from last week where there was a lot of flavors, but they were all fighting each other. Yeah. This one, there's like three flavors or four, and they all work together perfectly. Yeah. It's not, It's they didn't try to do too much. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting, I'm not getting a lot of, um, there's definitely wood i'm not getting a lot of earth though no not a lot of dirt no you're right um which is interesting it's uh so we talk about i guess what are we getting from the cigar we never talk about what are we not getting from the cigar mm-hmm. like what can we rule out um and there's certain things i think like uh like there's no burnt taste to this right it's like it's more on the sweet side yep it's less of that char flavor yeah yeah, and I think looking at the cigar and reading the contents, like what it's made out of, particularly with the Ecuadorian, um, I would kind of expect like an earthy note. It's not there, which is cool. Because this is, this is Habano, yeah. Yeah, Habano typically, in my experience, has given me a, a spice yeah. and an earth, um, you know, more on the mild side. But this is just, it's a, it's a very dark Habano. Very dark Habano. And uh, the binder is Ecuadorian Sumatra. So that, you know, probably contributes to the sweetness a little bit. Um, yeah, I like the uh, I like the flavor. And I think refined, you know, is, is probably a good word. Like, you know, when somebody takes like a, um, a cannoli and then they put like rainbow sprinkles on it. You're like, oh, come on, man. You know, like you just you overdid like they didn't do that. You know, this is like a, a a regular cannoli or something where hundreds of years of practice has resulted in, like, this is a refined product. All the flavors go together. The textures go together. You know, good, enjoyable experience. That's what this feels like. It feels like decades and decades of experience kind of just rolled up and condensed into this refined, luxurious uh, product. It's They've honed, honed this one in. This is... Uh... This is probably exactly what they intended this to be. Mm-hmm. Still getting good smoke output. Again, my burn is uh, pretty close to perfect. Um, so talking about the presentation, I really like the brown bands on this with the, the gold. You know, it, it continues sort of the brand language of the Herrera Esteli uh, sub-brand for Drew Estate. Um, it has sort of a uh, rustic finish, which uh, is interesting because 
it, it's not really a rustic cigar per se. Um, the box is a plain wood box. It is wood. You know, it's not cardboard or press board or anything like that. Um, so it sort of has this, um, you know, semi-blue collar, no nonsense, here's a cigar type of look to it with just enough refinement, you know, sort of like a Cadillac, you know, like a Cadillac Escalade. Like this is a truck. It's a nice truck, you know, um, which is a little interesting to me because I think that this could be presented as a much finer brand and yeah. fly off the shelves. And it could probably even go at a higher price point. It is not cheap. So thirteen twenty-five for a five by 50, that's on the steep side, probably related to, you know, it's made in America. Like we have to pay certain wages here. Um, I'm sure that contributes to the, to the price on it. But uh, overall, the presentation is attractive. I like it. I like it, you know, in, in the shelf with the rest of the products, you know, it nestles in there nicely. Nothing too, too fancy or pretentious about it. I believe that the, um, the bands were rebranded. So the, the black part that we're seeing mm-hmm. uh, used to be red. Interesting. Yeah, and that actually is the, the color scheme of the... Um, the original. Yeah, and, the, and now they've, they've adopted that to be the one of the Lanceros. I think it's the Broadleaf Tienda Exclusiva Lancero, the Willie Herrera one. Ah. Ah, yes, Lanceros. We won't get into that topic. Nope. I learned my lesson. <laughs> Highly controversial. On this episode, we talk about... Lanceros. Love them or hate them. Vote below. Now we're going to have to actually do that. Yeah. P.O. Box. Fan you mail. can mail Fan all mail. of your hate mail to 1071, 1071 Southwest <laughs> A Street. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, enjoyable. Enjoyable smoke. Again, this is not a morning smoke, I don't think. You know, not for me, definitely. Um, great dessert smoke, it seems like it would be great lounge smoke so we like to talk about you know the uh occasion for the cigar this is not a fishing boat cigar this is not a doing yard work cigar not an everyday it's not an everyday cigar um i think it's a treat it's a treat yeah Yeah. that's a great word for it and you know sitting down with a friend or two but not like a football party or something like this is a focus on the cigar cigar because it's worth it you know it's worth the attention and savoring the flavors uh, after dinner, you know, with a, a close friend or handful of friends, um, something where you're treating yourself. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put this in celebration tier, though. I wouldn't put this in like wedding night tier. Sure, yeah, or anything where um, I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it in any tier where you're distracted by something else. Yeah, it almost has to be the centerpiece of what you're doing. Yeah, rightfully so. On the other hand. You could smoke it, you know, in any situation where you can kind of sit down. It's it's definitely, I wouldn't want to be expending any energy because I think it would knock me on my ass. Um, but it is approachable, you know. I don't think that you have to be like an expert or have a super refined palate to appreciate the cigar. It's very approachable. You know, the flavors are smooth and rich and, you know, not so like subtle and nuanced, you know, that you have to be a master taster or something to get a lot out of the cigar. You think it's you think it's changing a lot for you? I know it's a tough question. Yeah, it, it's not changing a lot. It is changing. Yeah. Um so I'm getting a little more like spice in it now. Like well, I should say I'm getting a little bit because I wasn't before. 
and again a little more citrus so i heard something interesting about that um and it has to do with wetting the leaves on the pilon um a lot of companies have different methods for doing that you know they'll add stuff to the water and there is a rumor which you know uh is a rumor right so might not have any truth to it all but the rumor is that padron uses chocolate water oh uh, really on their leaves yeah <laughs> um but uh one of the common things they used to put in the water in old cuba was uh you know citrus like lemon juice or orange juice and and part of that is it cuts down on any potential you know like it's basically a natural fungicide yeah right it keeps things from growing kind of a preservative you yeah know. yeah a little bit Anyway, so that uh, citrus in the water, that's what we often call spice when we're uh, tasting cigars. And it makes sense when you think about it because you've probably never done this because, you know, you're um, reasonably well-adjusted. But if you just bit into the rind of a lemon, you know. like I, it, I have done that. <laughs> I was going to say. I, what does it taste? Yeah, yeah, I did too. I was like five, but, yeah. you know. But if you bite into that, citrus peel it does have like that spicy kind of flavor oh it bites back yeah it bites back yeah. so obviously there are some tobaccos particularly you know nicaragua is famous for uh, having spicy uh, tobacco and then the method like sun grown you know you can have more spice but some of the spice that we taste is often from the way the leaf is conditioned in the pallone and uh, anyway i heard that somewhere thought it was pretty cool thought i would share it that's reminding you of this well, but, yeah, because there's a I'm I'm picking up like some citrus and spice now, and I just wonder if that's what's coming from. So it's uh there's like lime, lime citrus, lemon citrus, orange citrus, mm -hmm. grapefruit. Grapefruit's got like that sour. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I can kind of see it though. I'm I'm getting it. You put it in my brain, and now I'm tasting it. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, still have that like uh, sweet cedar in the background, and I think chocolate is pretty dominant, and it's not like a you know dark chocolate or bitter like it's it's not milk chocolate but it's semi-sweet chocolate maybe you know sweeter than a lot of it's not cocoa yeah you uh do you ever think about how um the senses affect each other our our human senses affect mm -hmm. so like we're looking at this wrapper and it looks like chocolate yeah and we're putting it in our mouth like we would with chocolate and we're tasting chocolate but it also kind of looks like a dog turd so, it does. Yeah, I was I hoping mean, you wouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely like the experience. And I try to, when I am smoking my cigar, involve all of my senses. And that's something that I got from wine tasting. Um, so that's why I look at the presentation. And that's why I feel the wrapper. You know, like this one has that beautiful fuzzy velvet feel to it that comes from proper aging. Um, it's almost like a, like a soft waxy feel. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can see the oil shine on it, which is cool. It's not super oily, but it's oily. Um, you know, the only senses that sense, I guess, that I don't really use is my sense of hearing. There's not really anything other than taking the uh, cellophane off. There's <laughs> there's not really an involvement there. Yeah, and it's uh, some of my best experiences smoking cigars have been in a dimly lit room mm -hmm. with like not a lot going on. Like right here in the hot box. <laughs> yeah, honestly, this is our senses are fully engaged. Most of our senses are fully uh, yeah. engaged right now. Um, 
So it's not it's not per this is not perfect a perfect situation for, and that's why we smoke it beforehand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Like, you know, if if you're at a Super Bowl party, that cigar is not going to be the same experience, mm-hmm. right? You're distracted by everything. And dude, especially if other people are smoking other cigars in that mm-hmm. room. Yeah. You're smelling those cigars. You're not. I mean, you're not solely tasting the one you're smoking. You're t- you're tasting other people's cigars too. And I think the strength has gone down a little bit. Like, I would go mid-full at this point. Weirdly. Uh, normally, it gets stronger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think this one is um, getting less strong as we smoke it down, which is kind of cool because I think I can smoke it all the way down. If it had stayed at that original strength, I probably would have put it down. So that's where we're at with the Herrera Esteli. Coming up, we will introduce our new cigar ranking system that is about to take the world by storm. But before we get there, it's time for what really grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? Nick, what grinds your gears today? So um, from my house to this store, there are two main roads. Um, And both of those roads this past week have been partially shut down due to road construction. So, so the, you know, Monday I go and I'm like, ah, we're doing construction this week. I'll take the other road. And then Tuesday I get on the other road and it's the same story. And yeah, uh, <clears throat> especially considering there's like, you know, this is small town USA. Like we know where the towns are and we know like people work in this town and live in this town and you know, all of that. And it's like, come on planners. Like, did you really have to work on both of these roads at once? Like, you know, half the population is going this way and half's going that way, you know? Yeah. And it's, don't get me wrong. Difficult job. A lot of respect for the guys that are out there in the elements in, I mean, it's freaking March still. Um, and gals and gals. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, it's very inconvenient and I'm not, I'm not good with time. I don't have time to be waiting behind this guy flipping a stop and slow sign. Right, right. And uh, yeah. I want it all. I want perfect roads, and I don't want to wait for them. Yeah, I'm Give trying it to, to me now. I'm trying to go 60 the whole way here, so I'm not late. Yes, agree. Grinds my gears, too. What grinds my gears this week is cheap consumables, or as I call them, poor potables. So there's stuff that you, and when I'm talking about consumables, I'm talking about potables, things you put in your mouth, right? And the older I get, the less time I have for junk. You know, it, like if I'm going to actually eat this or smoke this or whatever, um, you know, it needs to be of a certain quality. And the days of like eating a half frozen hot pocket just because it's lunchtime at work, you know, like the it's done. Like I would rather go hungry at this point than sort of waste my senses on something cheap. So, you know, maybe I'm being petty or spoiled or selfish here, but, you know, give me real food, give me real drink, you know, Jaeger and Jack Daniels doesn't cut it anymore. You know, I want a real whiskey. I want to taste it. Uh, Same thing with my cigars. So I do smoke inexpensive cigars, and we had an episode on that. Um, But I just, I'm past that point of consuming cheap stuff. And there's way too much of that in the supermarket and not enough, like, real food, if you ask me. They're all processed. uh, Yeah. Not natural Preservative, yeah. Jackson's food, you know. Here's your little pouch. Soak it in water for 35 minutes and then pop it in the microwave. Yeah. Out comes a turkey. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I I think that comes with maturity too, right? You're at a a point in your life where you don't have time for that stuff and and you can afford time-wise financially, right, to have the better things. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely there's a correlation, I think, between, like, my disposable income and, uh, you know, not buying cheap stuff. But... Because uh, we've... I was... I, you know, I was in uh, college in the past five years, so ramen is my friend. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, we've all been there. We've all, like, slummed it and had, mm-hmm. like, ramen or instant mac and cheese or whatever and, you know. Right. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, don't insult my palate. Yeah. Get away from me. Right. I do still like ramen. Don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. But that's not cheap. It's just inexpensive, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll make that distinction. Yep. No, definitely. Financially, uh, financially smart, economical. Yeah, yeah. I went to this restaurant in Dallas. It was just—I was staying in this luxury suite down the road from uh, where the Mavericks play, like on the fifth floor. And so I could kind of go out on the balcony and see like what was available. And across the street, there's this, you know, Japanese ramen shop. So I go over there, and I got to tell you, it was freaking amazing but it was also expensive and i'm like i can't believe they're charging this much for ramen but then i ate it and i was like well now i see why they're charging this much <laughs> for the ramen had like a boiled egg and you know all that stuff in there it was pretty good yeah i feel like in american culture ramen's been bastardized yeah yeah by the freaking instant cup noodles right right yeah like there's an actual art to the right eastern cultures making ramen yeah i mean the ramen that we get you know top ramen or whatever off the shelf like that's your craft mac and cheese. Yeah. But there's real mac and cheese and it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Hand, yeah handmade noodles. Yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's exactly the same. Got a bunch of Japanese people listening to this podcast. Like those poor ignorant bastards. Yeah. We'll show you real food. Yeah. So it is time to return to our cigar. And uh, flavor hasn't changed much for me. Um, I'm still getting good smoke output. Again, the strength has diminished some. Uh, my burn is nearly perfect. Um, looks like your burn is a little less so. Uh, great ash. What did you get, an inch and a half off of yours? Yeah. Yeah, despite my a little uneven burn, it's the ash still held very well. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so we are introducing a new ranking system for cigars. And fair disclosure, we want this ranking system to be different from everybody else. Uh, because we don't want any confusion. So let me walk through how we're going to uh, rank our cigars going forward. And then we're hoping that you listeners can go ahead and smoke the same cigar and come up with your own ranking. So we have five categories, and we're going to rank each category on a scale of 1 to 10. And then we'll have a combined score at the bottom. Now, if you're paying attention you'll notice that the maximum score, a perfect score in every category, would result in a 50. And we did that on purpose because everybody else is ranking their cigars on a scale of 0 to 100, and we don't want you to confuse our rankings with any other ranking, partly because you would bring into you know your assessment of our ranking what those other rankings mean. And as far as we know, the other rankings don't include you know, these five dynamics, each getting scored individually. So here are the five categories that we're going to rank this Herrera Esteli Miami cigar. Presentation, price, construction, flavor, and experience. And you'll notice that, you know, there's some subjective elements in there because cigars are subjective. And we kind of expect that if you are ranking your own cigars that you will get a different score. Uh, because of that. 
and so this is a great exercise for all of us to kind of sharpen our hobby and our experience. So why don't we start out with presentation? And we talked about the cigar is a uh, kind of a uh, dark brown, oily, fuzzy wrapper with this gold and brown uh, double band, the Herrera Esteli band, and then the Miami band. And it's in a sort of plain wooden box. Good branding fits in with the rest of the design language for the Herrera Esteli sub-brand. Um, Nick, what are you thinking? Presentation, 1 to 10. So I think I think black is just a great color. Um, I think that um, the smart cigar manufacturers match band color with the color of the wrapper of the cigar. And I think this one, because the wrapper is like this darker... Escuro. Yeah, chocolatey, right. Yeah, chocolatier kind of hue. Um, like the black matches up nicely, blends in, and then the gold pops. Um, so I give it a 9. 9 out of 10. All right, so... Nick's going with nine. Bold move. I'm going to go with a seven. I think the uh, presentation is good. Um, I think some things where it misses one, I'm not sure it matches the experience of the cigar. I think the cigar is a, quite a bit more luxurious and fine um, than the presentation. But they hit all the right notes. Uh, a real wood box. Um you know, the, the box has got, like, black on it. The band is actually, like, a dark chocolate color. Um, there's a little mismatch there. Not holding it against them. But uh, that's why I give it a 7. Um, so let's move to price. And, again, this is a 5 by 50 and it retails for thirteen twenty-five here at Union Cigar, Hanover, Pennsylvania. Um, Nick, what are you thinking for price? So when I, when I look at price, I look at um, not... How high is the dollar value? But does the quality match the price tag? So um, if you hand me a $30 cigar and it smokes like a $30 cigar, right? price is 10 out of 10. Um, and in this case, I think $13.25 is, is a very fair price for the cigar, and I, I did give it a 10. It doesn't, they don't charge 13 and, and it smokes like a, a $7 cigar. Um, obviously bonus points if it smokes like a $20 cigar and it's only $10, but, um, I, I gave it a 10. All right. Um, so yes, 1325 is steep for this much tobacco. Um, given the enjoyment experience that I'm getting out of the cigar, I'm going to give this a nine on price, um, for the same reason. So it's probably not a cigar, as we mentioned, that you're going to be smoking every day anyway. Um, I don't think it's probably affordable for an everyday smoke if you wanted to. But what you get out of it is worth thirteen twenty-five. So I'll give it a nine on price. Uh, how about construction, Nick? So I've had um, the two that I've had most recently of this blend um, have not been great in terms of the result of the construction um, and my interaction with the construction. So I'm giving it a seven. Um, I had some squish issues, we'll say, um, where they were really soft. Um, and that could either be a product of humidification or um, underfilled, right? I, I'm more inclined to think it's a humidification. Um, but, yeah, not not perfect, in my opinion, by any means. 
So I've got uh, great construction, great ash, great burn. Um, I'm going to give this a nine for my experience. Um, you know, it's not uh, perfect, but it's pretty superb. And I give it an extra point there uh, because of the two bar construction. Um, that's hard to do. And uh, it paid off though. I mean, this smokes really well and I'm getting a good mouthful of smoke. Like I said, the, the ash is beautiful and my cigars have both burned uh, pretty straight. You know, it's not a perfect burn line, but it's close. And our fourth category is flavor. Uh, Nick, one to 10 on flavor. Uh, flavor on this one is, is great. Um, this is one of those I think is subjective, more subjective than maybe others. Um, but yeah, this the flavor of this cigar fits my palate pretty well. Um, I'd give it an eight. Eight on flavor for Nick. So for me, uh, I've got some chocolate, cedar, almonds, little citrus, espresso bean. That is kind of in my wheelhouse for cigars. Again, like you said, subjective. Um, not too many flavors, but they play very well together. And I think we're the same there. Um, I'm going to give it an eight as well for flavor and uh, experience. Can you elaborate on, maybe for the people listening, what, so is experience going to be a culmination of the, the first four? Is it going to be overall smoking experience? Yeah, so with experience, we're not talking about um, the environment because that's not uh, the cigar's fault. So if you're smoking this in a leaky rowboat with 14 screaming banshees, that's your problem. Um, but yes, the overall cigar experience, and it, we probably all have that experience where we smoke a cigar and the flavor is okay and the construction is okay and the presentation is okay, but the overall experience, it just goes together, you know? So this is definitely one of the most subjective elements here, but also one of the most important because this is why we smoke cigars, right? Yeah. And so, uh, with that being said, my experience, um, is, is going to be an eight out of 10. Like I said earlier, I don't think that this is, I think a 10 out of 10 experience cigar is one that you're going to smoke on your wedding night, on your wedding anniversary, your 50th birthday. And this is not the cigar that I would pull from my humidor. This is like, um, Friday night, tough work week cigar. This is not, but this isn't like huge life milestone. And so I think that ties into the experience bit a bit. So eight out of 10 for me. Yeah. Like a, uh, um, a treat cigar, a lounge cigar, not, not a celebration cigar per se. Um, so my overall experience, I'm going to give this a nine out of 10. Um, it just all went together. The presentation of the cigar, the way that it feels in my hand, the way that it feels in my mouth, the smoke output and texture and the flavor and the burn, you know, not having to care for it and just enjoy it. Um, overall, I will give that a nine. And so if we add those up, I should have gone to math class. <clears throat> I have got 16, 25, 33, 42 is my cumulative score for the Herrera Miami. And Nick is at 19, 26, 34, 
42. So interestingly enough, we both came up with a score of 42 out of 50 for the Herrera Esteli Miami by Drew Estate. And uh, I think we're going to make this a regular thing that we do. Yeah. Gives us a chance to kind of break down the different elements of the experience and sum it all up. And I don't know about uh, you, but quantifying uh, a cigar experience in numbers is tough. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's one of those things where I appreciate cigar rankings, um, but helping grain of salt with that, you know, like maybe the whole salt shaker. Yeah. And there, there's another day where I smoke the cigar and everything's a 10. Uh-huh. And there's another day where I smoke the cigar and everything's a five. Um, and I think, you know. But I'm taking medication for that. So yeah. everything is all good. So that is just about a wrap on the show. Do you have any closing thoughts on this cigar, Nick? So uh, currently Union Cigar has this in two Vitolas, the Robusto Extra. Extra. Yeah. And the um, Lonsdale Deluxe. Um, and the Lonsdale hovers at around the same price point. It comes at thirteen seventy five. Um, if you like a smaller gauge, the Lonsdale is the one for you. Other than that, this is not a cigar that every Drew Estate store can carry. We are extremely lucky here at Union Cigar to have um, privileges such as uh, Liga Pravada and um, allocated items like this Herrera Miami line. So get them while you can. Um, but other than that, thanks for having me on. And if you can't find it at your local brick and mortar, road trip. Come on over to Union Cigar Hanover. Great lounge here and gourmet coffee. All the amenities that make your cigar smoking experience what it should be. And also people, some wonderful people that come in here. And some other people too. So um, thanks for smoking this cigar with me. Uh, Great experience. And for all of you out there on the interwebs, thanks so much for joining us. See you next week.